Hello everyone and welcome to the latest of the Liverpool Echoes Everton podcast. Me, Phil Kirkbride, Everton editor Greg O'Keefe, uh, our statsman Gav Buckland and uh, betting man tipster Tony Scott. Um, we're reflecting on Everton's 1-0 draw at Watford at the weekend and looking ahead to the game in midweek down at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. Um, Greg, what was your kind of reflections um on, on Saturday's point, um, were you in any way encouraged or was it a case of more of the same? I struggled to find anything encouraging about it really because whilst in a bit of a different first half, they did manage to get the goal which might have proved uh, the difference. Less than a minute later, they, they showed, the as you said in your verdict, the same frailty that's undermined them all season. They couldn't, couldn't even see out a minute of added time in the half and then they were back on level pegging, and that proved to be it. And So no, I don't find any encouraging signs in it. I didn't find anything strong about the results, and ultimately I don't find that it moves the sort of mire of negativity that we're in at the moment anywhere further. It is interesting about whether or not at the moment um, the criticism of, of the manager, which I find is justifiable, is actually giving the players a bit of a an easy ride because they're kind of flying under the radar and avoiding criticism or whether or not it's just come you know the players had a lot of stick this season and now the fans are looking at why the reason behind the overarching reason and they're asking questions about the manager but whatever way you look at it the toxic kind of feel about the season goes on obviously banners before the game uh, in support of Leighton Baines and uh, Colin for Martinez to, to uh, be relieved of his duties not what you really want to see, but you can understand. And that was an avoidable situation regarding Baines, certainly the Baines banner anyway. And uh, and I wish I could find positives to focus on, but I can't. Gav, uh, Everton, have they become boring? What, in terms of their story this season, the same mistakes? To, to watch. Is it now boring for the supporters to turn up and watch Everton? Uh, it's, it's a good question. Um, it, I think it's probably... Boring in that it's repetition that the same mistakes happen. And Greg alluded to that, you know. I mean, the number of podcasts where we say a certain minute of play is summed up our entire season. Yeah. I mean, the, between the 45th and 46th minutes on Saturday, did that to a degree, didn't it? I'm not saying we're, we're boring in terms of the, our play. I mean, we, we score, we score goals. Um, our, our problem is, is that you know. Goals had sort of down up a little bit early as well. Um, and if you're not scoring goals, you're not gaining confidence and you, you stand at the place up as... You know, Rom's obviously scored a few, but looking elsewhere in the team, you know, Ross has not scored from open play in the Premier League as a performance. We're, we're saying it's on Sunday. There's not many goals come from midfield. Um, you know, our defenders, you know, even not, you know, under Martinez, Seamus and Leighton have scored goals from, from open play. Barry looked all right earlier yeah. in the season. And set you know, it was incredible. I mean, the one encouraging feature for me personally is, you know, I bang on all season about James McCarthy being should be doing more than the final third, you know, mm. of the pitch. And, he, you know, we did that to good effect on on Saturday and he should be doing more of what we did there on Saturday. He's pressing further up the pitch and affecting the uh, the the, um, the play there. But then to answer your question, I don't think in terms of style of play, but repetitive in terms of the same same thing is happening all the time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So was you know, Gavin mentioned about 
you know, McCarthy pressing the ball and winning it back and scoring, and we want to see more of it. But from your point of view on Saturday, was that an exception to the rule? You know, he's he's gone and took it upon himself to try and force something, and it's and it's come off. But did we see enough of that? Did we? Did you see enough of of that energy, that intensity, that you know, that drive that had been badly missing against Arsenal and Manchester United? Did you see enough of it to give you any encouragement? First of all, on was that uh, I can only judge by the highlights from what I've seen. I watched the full highlights on Match Choice on Sky Sports. So I've seen a good hour of the game. I, I, obviously, I was at um, AMC for the three days, and I remember coming out the race course trying to find out what Everton's result was. And obviously, I got told one all. And I asked the guy who told me, Can I have, let's see a guess on how Everton plays or how, how the goals come about? And I said, Can I guarantee that he conceded from a set piece and he took the lead and he blew it? And he, he said spot on. So that's only a recurrence of what's happened this season. You don't need to be a scientist or anything to find out what, what's the problem with Everton this season. It hasn't changed McCarthy. It is refreshing to see. I think personally he's got that in his locker. And I think Roberto Martinez is hindering that. I think we've seen in flashes this season and last season, James can go forward and he can get the odd goal. But it's, it just seems to me as if he's playing on some kinds of elastic band stretching him back and... It's as if the manager's hindering his performance on there. It is refreshing to see, and I do think he's got down his locker, and I would like to see him further on in the future. How big, Greg, how, how big was the return of Gareth Barry, and potentially how important is he going to be in dragging us out of this mire and getting us, helping us get momentum towards the, the game that will define the season, which is the semi-final? Having him back was huge because of how much they clearly missed him in the other two games. I would dread to have seen what happened if, if he was unavailable at Vicarage Road as well. You know, the fact that he came in and played and was arguably man the match mm. meant that he may have got a point. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's the type of character in the sense of his to necessarily kind of reignite the flames and get them really flying. Into, I don't think he's that type of character... But he will ensure that there's a little bit more, more cohesion to the midfield. And he is so important in many ways that having him back, you're instantly relieved. And going forward, you're more confident that they can turn it around with him in the team. But the problems for me go beyond just Barry. He, Although having said that, how worrying is it that you're relying on a 35-year-old who's come towards the final year of his contract, who is going to miss games increasingly as it goes on just naturally you know um, he picks up his bookings and stuff like that he's actually been remarkably uh, fit in terms of injuries yeah yeah. but when they start to creep in which they may well what's the contingency but that's, that was the, is that down to a lack of leadership in the other players I mean but he's bought so, all of them Gav hasn't yeah, he about, and he always says that he looks for characters before the actual talent so he's looked at all these footballs that he's bought and if they, if they can't stand up for themselves then obviously there's an issue with the recruitment then, isn't he? Well, not necessarily, because it goes back to, to Greg's point about, like, you know, is the manager getting too much and should the players get a little bit more responsibility? You've got to take responsibility on the pitch. Being a leader doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know, a Steve Bruce, Teddy Butcher, you know, mm. thumping your chest. It, 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 it's just displaying the right qualities. And, and that was to me, I mean, didn't do the podcast last week, but that was to me the disappointing thing, certainly the Arsenal game, which was like, Gareth, Gareth didn't play in that game, did yep. he? Yeah. And I thought that was a real good opportunity for somebody in that area, either Bexit or James McCarthy, to show to show that leadership mm, yeah. in Barry's absence is to actually, you know, take the team forward. And 
the particular disappointing aspect of me from from the Arsenal game was that that actually you know nobody stood. I don't, I don't, I don't think they've got. The, I don't think they've got no leaders I, in the team. I, I, got would, I would think that that Mo would have the confidence to try and do it, whether he could actually carry mm. out at this stage in his career. But I feel that the rest of the midfield, and I agree, the rest of the team at times get not carried in the sense that he carries the team but look at Gareth Barry and if he's not there then they look lost and we mentioned it last week at Man- when we were reflecting on the defeat of Man United when they went 1-0 when they went 1-0 down there was just a sea of kind of non-plussed faces like well we're looking what do we do here yeah. and there was there was no real fight back and spark well, where's the where's that, that from the manager don't feel well I don't know I mean that's the thing isn't it they clearly and it doubles into the the impact of Somewhere along the line, and I and I think the the um, the fallout from the defeat at West Ham has had a massive say in this. Their confidence has just absolutely disappeared in the past three or four weeks. It's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Because that, because what you could never accuse of Everton of, of having was a lack of confidence going forward this season. Got fifty two goals or something in the Premier yeah. League, but you don't, you're not convinced they're going to score. I'm not convinced they're going to score on Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean that we, we, for better finishing, we could have run out three, three, one winners on yeah. uh, on Saturday. But okay, then you say about lack of leaders. Then where does that leave Jags as skipper and probably the senior pro is he at the moment in well, terms of you know where, where does that leave well, him then? Well, I was I was there on Saturday, Gavin. I think it's worth pointing out that obviously I was there and you could tell Jaggy Elk was very vocal on Saturday. Now I don't know whether it's because I'm at a smaller ground and I can you know you yeah. can hear him a bit more and maybe. You know, he would argue that he's always like that. But I, I did notice that he was very vocal. And, you know, we don't know the extent of his injury, but the fact that he's probably... I think because missing. he's got so many young players in the team, he hasn't helped himself if he's looking for these characters and players who are going to be vocal on the pitch. Then you're looking at them and you're going, who are they? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Does, does this also, in a roundabout way, sort of justify like playing Howard for so long? That actually he was perceived as being the leader. I think Roberto used to say yeah. to me he wanted him there is that, to be yeah. to be that leader on the pitch, or I mean, because he captained the team in Jack's absence, didn't we, he? We've heard reports yeah. about vocal ears behind the scenes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. He lead certainly in terms of the training ground and the dressing room. He's a leader in that respect. And you know, was that that was one of the justifications, and that's one of the interesting byproducts, isn't it, of like not not playing him, but. It's easy to be a leader when you're winning as well, isn't it? You know, sometimes, yeah. but you want people to stand up and maybe, you know, that that's sort of, you know, a bit something that needs to be addressed quite quite quickly, especially if Jags is, is that Jags injured. Look, it appears that we yeah. haven't had confirmation yeah. of what it's going to be. You know, it's potentially going to be maybe out for That's, it, that's one of the accusations that's been rightly thrown at this Everton team this season, that mentally they're fragile. They haven't got the, the stubbornness or the grit or determination to dig in. You know, after that first goal against West Ham, why aren't they digging in? Why aren't they saying, well, we're not going to concede another? It's just too easy. Well, it's interesting what you said about West Ham, and you can't trace the current woes, mm. if you like, back from that game. Because I think they'd soaked up a few performances where they shot themselves in the foot of home and conceded late goals, and away, obviously, as well. I'm thinking about Stoke, obviously, then Chelsea and Bournemouth away. And it obviously dented the confidence, but I don't think it punctured their self-belief in themselves as a team. They thought, all right, we have these minor setbacks, and they were listening to the manager's mitigation and positivity that it's happened, but you know it doesn't define us as a team. Do you think maybe West Ham they started to stop believing that maybe there's some major doubts about the way they play set in, and they thought actually this is starting to define us as a team, and from that game onwards they felt we're well, what we are too open, we're not, 
managing games properly and maybe the, the seeds of where we're at now started then. Because up until then, like I say, they did seem all right, fragile at times, but overall, they still bought into the mentality that these little slip-ups and these late concessions are frustrating, but we'll get out of our system and we'll, when we click, we'll be brilliant. And it's ifs and whens now, for me, for me, ring hollow. Maybe they're doing the dressing room as well. I don't think it stems from even the West Ham results. It's been like this all season where you've seen in my opinion, silly substitutions that you're looking at, they're going, how has he made that substitution? We're going back to that West Ham one. We were 2-1 up and he took Aaron Lennon off, if you recall, and that just invited West Ham forwards and he's just inviting the pressure then. You think he said, you're not helping yourself here yeah. by just inviting the pressure on and then you're conceding late goals and obviously the mentality of the squad then, it's going to crumble if you're conceding so many goals and making tough substitutions, in my opinion, then obviously confidence is going to be on an all-time low. But it, I don't really agree that it's just them from... I, it's, see where Phil's coming from with the West Ham results. It seems to have knocked the confidence out of them. But this has been going on for two seasons. Yeah. The results have been there for all to see. It's been woeful. But I think I think what I think what Greg's saying is that before, and including the West Ham game, and, and you used to do the two of their told me, it's like, bad results, you could, you'd actually see before your eyes why, why they were bad results, you know, bad defence and maybe substitutes gone a bit wrong, poor finishing on occasions yeah. in a couple of games, you know, you know, goalkeeping that should be better, you could actually see before you and explain it to yourself yeah. why that was happening. The, the worrying thing for me since the, the the Arsenal game, which is on the back of it, and, and say so far, and real, what should have been a moral boost to win against Chelsea, mm. it wasn't immediately after the West Ham game, it was after we beat Chelsea. Yeah. The, the worrying thing for me is Arsenal, Man United, and to a lesser extent, and Watford, at least we stopped it off. They weren't as tangible, those things. I agree. It, it, was, it was something, there's something going on in the players' minds that actually. So, couldn't say we've not lost, we've not lost early on this season because of a lack of effort, of a lack of application. But the, the, those two or three games there, that type of thing, it, I'd sort of staleness in general so so I, 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 think, I think it was still in the first game of the season when they played Wofford yeah, it was bland it was boring it was too old it was yeah, no, they didn't even have a turn up till about 15-20 minutes ago but over and the, that was the first yeah. game of the season here Gav against the promoted team you know who's going to get that in the season at 30 or games aren't you but by and large this season when we've had the podcasts how many times after the bad results we said oh the players weren't at the race today or they, you know, they didn't apply themselves properly it was you know, we all we know the list. You can list us. You know, we repeat every week. But the last two or three games, it's something slightly more worrying has kept in, isn't it? That we really need to address before some big league games and the cup semi final. And that's like the, the players. I wouldn't say attitude, but on the pitch, looking. As Greg up, said, then I. A bit more. I think the players. It's just my opinion. I don't think they believe in the way Roberto Martinez is setting set the team up now. This is what's coming across to me, and I can back it up with basically facts there. The results are there for all to see. They've won nine all season, four at home, five away. And it's just, I look at the body language now on the manager on the line as well, by the way. Not just the players, the manager on the line. He's not, he's not as robust self as if he's up and down the line chasing. I look at Ranieri, yeah, it's all right as well. When you're looking on the line and your team's going well, yeah, you're up and down, you're chasing everything. But even though I look at the, the teams who are fighting for points, even Sam Allardyce and even Benitez, they're on the line, they're shouting, they're willing the players on. I look at Roberto Martinez and the body language for me is if he sort of known the players, some of them, this is just my opinion, by the way, that they don't believe in the way he's setting the team out and the game management and the results are there for all to see. What do you do then if you're the manager 
Gav, and you know, and on, on, in Saturday's paper, I called for the manager to start playing, pick his best 11 and stick with it. But even though he might want to try and yield the positives from Saturday, you know, and there were one or two maybe, yeah. what's he got to do for Palace? Because we've got to find momentum somewhere. And there's only three games now between now and the semi-final. One of them is which is, of which is the derby on the Wednesday, which... We've debated long and hard, but I, think, <laughs> but I think we were all in some agreement yeah. that changes would have to be made. Yeah. So in reality, he's only got two games left with the same eleven if he wants to play it for that for the semi-final. So what yeah, has right. he got to go? Is he going to go right? I'm sticking with the team that played against Watford, or is he saying right? Well, you, you weren't any good again. I'm going to change it again. Or is that counterproductive? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Um, there's always the, the thing that I remember somebody saying years ago that every manager at the start of the season should write on the, on a piece of paper what their best team is and put it in a drawer and at times in the season like when you've chopped and changed get the piece of paper out and just say look look, this is my best team mm. and I think Saturday is you know I think it was Stan Collis of Wolves in the 50s when they were a great team he said that was his, he said that was his thing yeah. and I think on, on, on Wednesday sorry that, that's what a base we should do and for the next couple of games. I mean, Do you think he knows his best team, Gav? Well, that's that's a that's a good point to me. And obviously, we may have a couple of injuries. That, that, well, yeah, injuries. You know what I mean? So I, mean, so I mean, think his best team. I don't think his best team is showing the one that started up at Fitzgerald yeah. because he, he had no injuries. Yeah, yeah. Other than and Pienaar, but you would so, argue with against. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would. So I'm not yeah. saying he yeah. might not, but yeah. I would generally think he wouldn't have them mm. in his best team at the moment. So that, you've got to think that was it. And stick with it. I mean, that, that's what we but should But it's not do. worked though, has it, Gav? Because you, you've drew one all against the team out of town two as soon as they've reached 30 but it, points. But, but it doesn't work if you're just changing the, the team. I mean, I'm not a fan of three at the back. We've played three at the back in some games and, and we've made other tactical adjustments. Is That's our best team. We should stick to it. And, and we should play that team now, you know, disregarding the derby, perhaps, you know, between now and the end of the season because that's how you build momentum. And but also as well, you know, when we're talking about things lacking like fight and maybe you know people saying there's not enough pride in that team and and, and people wanting sort of a blood and thunder approach, but to so just Roberto rip everything up for the next couple of games in the semi, then hopefully a final to find that, or is it or is he got to whether you believe it or not stick to what has had Everton win some games this season and what he believes will be the best course. For, you know, rightly or wrongly, so you've got to stick with that. I'd love him to rip it up and, and basically start again. Have you got the players to do that though? Just play like they did against Chelsea. In the FA Cup. I'd love him to play like they did against Southampton. Yeah. Where you season. can, I think it's easier said than done away from home. I don't think you can do that at home. They you did it. They did it. Um, Southampton. Away from home, didn't they? Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea home. And Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea. So that's why I think that's why the home form is so so. The differential from, from the away form, so isn't what it? Was because Chelsea was Chelsea home that good of performance? I don't think Chelsea was that good, to be honest. I don't think for 50, the last 15 minutes, Rom stole the show and that was it. But it was an evenly balanced but game. No, game no, no. I know, but no different from what we've seen this season. We were in the game against United, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but except, as we highlighted last week, United were the only team that really pressed properly in that game. And unsurprisingly, they got the points. Against Chelsea, we pressed better than Chelsea. The First, and we took the win. For the first half, yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, it's about that energy yeah. and that high tempo. I'd, lo- I'd love to see Roberto rip it up and start again, but I just can't see it. I think he, he's stubborn in the way he approaches games and is the way he wants to play football, and obviously it's not it's not working, so, and I don't think he'll ever change it, to be fair. So, you know, if you say that, say, don't have to say the entire team, which two or three things would you change then in terms of the, 
the way you know our personnel at the moment or tactics. The personnel, I think he should have brought um, strike, striking in the in the summer to help Ram out so we could play four four two. So if it is, yeah, I've got a plan B there. So it doesn't look to me as if he's got a plan B because he's relying on one. And I said at the start of the season, and I said it in the January transfer window, he's relying on one player scoring goals for you, and you can't do it. And that's where, why where they are. So is this why? Is this are we sort of suffering then because like Nias has come in in January and for a number of reasons not far on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, is that like part of the yeah, problem? Not any <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've lost the cylinder. No, but is that? But is that we try, we try to address that, and that's not work, well, not working at the moment, is it? You know, so. So when you think it, it, what we what he's got available to him at the moment, forget about what you what we should have done and played should have bought. In terms of the players who are available at the moment, going back to Phil's point of what what team should be. But at Crystal Palace, what two or three changes would you make? I'd like to see, try and change it and try and flummox the team by playing 4 4 2. Does Dale Lafayette deserve his place again? Because, again, I, I saw. I didn't see enough on Saturday. No, I, Greg, his fitness levels are of mine over Sunday morning. The, 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 you'll, you'll get half an hour, an hour out of him tops, and then he'll crumble. So yeah. for me, no, he doesn't justify starting. Not one bit. So, Ray, if you want to play four four two, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you because if you look back earlier in the season when we were scoring goals, Rom was really on fire, not sporadically scoring. <laughs> and don't laugh, by the way. It was when Aruna Kone was fit. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah, spoke about this. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's not in form at the minute, OK? And I don't think we've got mm. the time to get him back into form. So what are the other options? Nias isn't fit. Morales is, for me, flaky. Because one one day he'll be brilliant and he'll, then he'll be rubbish for three weeks. So what does he do? What's the option? I don't, I don't think it's the, the actual option of, of the personnel that you've got. It's another striker playing up front to give Rom the space. I think it. That's I, what I'm saying. Who, 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 I, yeah, I, mean, I played Kevin Morales. I would have played Kevin Morales. Uh, but I don't, yeah, but I don't think Roberto has got the bottle to drop a Barkley, McCarthy, or a Barry to play in that four four two. I don't think he's got it in him. He's not going to play. Ross and Garabari or Ross and James McCarthy. So, so someone's going to have to get dropped. So, That's what so, you played, so, so you play 4-4-2 and Rom and Kevin were your two strikers. Yeah. Who you play on the left? Yeah, because that's the issue. That's yeah. been a big it's, issue. Yeah, it's a big There's issue. There's no natural left. And if, you know, it's worked in some occasions where Cleverly's had to play on the left and done a job, but effectively he's become another, midfield, you know, another midfielder mm. to sort of drop in and, and help and win the ball back, which is fine because yeah. it works in certain games and it has. But if you're talking about going and attacking Palace um, and then going to got to win the semi-final to one-off, you know, there's, there's no second chance at Wembley. Who are we playing on the left? Or are we, are, are we kind of just forsaking the left-hand side again? And we're not getting the best out of Baines, are we? No. Because he's got no natural steady partner on that side. See, this is what I didn't agree with when we were speaking about Brendan Galloway. For me, I'd play him left-back and play Leighton Baines left-wing. Because I think Brendan was really, really good at the start of the season. And the next minute we just didn't see him. So I think it's worth even chancing Leighton Baines a left midfield. Yeah, but just something refreshing to show the fans you're adaptable and you can change the yeah. way you play. I think that's what fans want to see. The sick and tired of the same old boring Everton turning up of a Saturday playing the same old dull football. <laughs> End of story. That goes to answer Phil's question from the start. But yeah, okay, okay, take that at Man United where you played Lennon. You basically Lennon, Clever, and Barkley all swap positions, didn't you? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. And that didn't work. And and the reason one of the reasons for that is that's not Lennon's natural position. Yeah. It was great for pressing and getting it, you know, the same. But 
if you're playing in the hole, you've got to, like it's an expert position to fill, isn't it? You can't have somebody who's normally a right winger to play. Didn't Morales play that for Olympiacos as well? No, he's a different type. He's, he's, he's not a natural. Lennon has always been a wide man for his yeah. career, but Morales is a bit more, you know, a bit more versatile, isn't he? Lennon has just been a right winger and that that way to Man United that didn't work for me for the simple reason that you know the depression is great but in terms of where you receive the ball now you make space now you make space for your centre forward that's a big big set of skills to have and you give try and get somebody to do that job who doesn't normally do that job it's going to like yeah. it's going to backfire a little bit and it is a little bit of Man United but that was an example of the manager doing something a bit I don't think it was different. Because the formation was exactly the same. No, but the, the players in that formation were completely different. They're all playing each other roles. Barkley was playing a deep role, so I don't think it's that sort of thing. You're only changing the personnel, aren't you? You're not changing your tactics. Yeah, if, you, if, you're Everton, yeah, if you're playing against Everton on Wednesday, you know how to set up against them, don't you? Al Badger's got the easiest job this weekend, with this week, hasn't he? He knows, seriously, how Everton are going to set up on, on Wednesday. Well, I think most managers in the Premier League know how, how the opposition's going to set up by and large. I don't, I don't think we're the... The only team that could be accused of like putting the similar type of team and t- set of tactics out every week. By and large, most of the Premier League teams do the same thing. Leicester do week in, week out. Look, yeah, Leicester, you know. But Leicester can stretch your game, and if they need to do. Leicester, who was a thought Leicester can change their tactics and get five clean sheets on the spin and get five 1 0 wins? No one thought that start of the season because they were blowing teams out four and five ones. Now they've got to the end of the season, they go, listen, we're stubborn now, we're defensive. And we're getting grand and these one nil wins out. Everton couldn't yeah, grant a one nil win out to save the lives. The formation's still the same, isn't it? You know, and the formation for most Premier League. No, but they can change it during the game, Gavin. Everton can't. That's a different thing, though, isn't it? That just goes back to the old, the old game management stuff and stuff. You know that we've been speaking on all year, but you know we have changed stuff during. We played three at the back in at least one or two games, haven't we? I mean, I'm, the one thing I, I think, we, uh, can you have Lennon and David Fay on the same team? ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。ディフェンスだ。
and do that. He's not a kid now, so he's kind of mid-20s, so you know, he's an international footballer. And he's, he weren't a cheap buy, was he? He cost as much, what did you tell me, as much as Leicester's entire, entire team. team yesterday. So, <laughs> he's come in and he's played half an hour. It's pathetic. And the scouts and everyone involved in the transfer wants to be asked serious questions. Yeah, most so. definitely. It's 13.5 million here. And we're not a team that can be throwing that kind of money about. We weren't then. Exactly. And even, and even now, we can't afford to. And going back to obviously the left side of midfield, which we were talking about then, Roberto Martins has been here three seasons and he spent over 100 million and he still can't get this left side right. That's when questions need to be asked as well. Because if he can't get that left side sorted and he has all that money to spend, well, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I think PR was there, played a lot of the first seasons, didn't he? But, but the problem is, and as you say, quite right, Tony, is that it, it is what it does, not Bains. getting the left side right in other five's veins, doesn't yeah. it, to a degree? And, you know, that you said before about the strikers, that to me is the one area that needs addressing, you know, pretty quickly because. You go through the team, though, but that, yeah, you alerted to the centre half at the start of the season, yeah, yeah, yeah. the goalkeeper, which, which he, he's. He's made a bit this season with the goalkeeper situation for me. Obviously with the Tim Howards and the Joel Robles situation, you could go through the centre-half situation, you could go through the left-side situation, you could go through his lack of strikers. He's brought it all on himself, you know, yeah. he really has. Yeah, what I would say is you have got players in City there. We've got three centre-halves, we've got two goalkeepers. What we haven't got is somebody whose natural position is left-side and midfield, isn't it? You know, we've got two right-wingers. You know, whether, they, whether people think they're good enough is a slightly different story, but we've actually got... Nobody, if you put their like description on the back of their football card, nobody says left-hand side midfield. Yeah. The only player who's got that is probably Pienaar in the entire, mm. the entire club, is it really? And we haven't seen him since. You know, he's been injured. Yeah. Yeah. And we, there's some stats the other week about it. Was it 2011? Baines was the, the top assist, you know, bad yeah. assist in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. And, and Pienaar in the, the entire Premier League, and Pienaar was seventh. So our... Our left mm. side mm. I mean, provided I've... two of the best seven assisters in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, yeah. And, and that we've never. But, that but to have that strength and then realise you're not going to have it, well, he couldn't realise maybe how quickly Pino was going to deteriorate. That's asking him to have a you know, uh, mystic kind of Meg moment, and that's not fair. He hasn't got a crystal ball. Sounds like wingers, what I was, trying, wingers, what I was trying to say. But to go from having that position of strength to having almost nothing down that side. Is it gain? It's it's negligence. Okay, he's had chances. He bought that too. He bought. That's what I'm just saying. Oh, no, it's, it's just negligence. McGeezy, yeah. to, you know, Coney's transfer didn't really, It hasn't worked overall, has it? No. When you look at it, but it was a low, relatively low cost deal. So he's had his contributions. They've been few and far between. But. I mean, Morales has played left hand. I mean, he played left hand side under the previous manager, didn't he? On the well, Canadian you know what it was? When, when we played, he played left hand side at Chelsea. Yeah. He yeah. played well, but then mm. I know then the next game was Swansea, and I know he came off after 30 minutes, but he did naff all for 30 minutes. And that, that's Morales' problem. That's, that's, and that's, the pro, that's another problem, isn't it? Yeah. And I just wonder whether maybe we've not appreciated enough the fact that we can't get the best out of Baines. Yeah, and it's a bit maybe it's definitely. You know, this is not the reason we're conceding goals and stuff, but I just think maybe there's no balance in that respect yeah. because it all comes down one side. That hit, that hints at what Tony's saying is that how important this left side imbalance is, being compounded by your defensive woes, you're relying some on on one centre forward. It's three serious question marks coming into the manager's 
the end of his third season in charge? Greg, going to Crystal Palace on Wednesday, two questions. Does Roberto Martinez change his formation or his tactics and do Everton get a result? I'd, I'd, like we've all alluded to, yeah, I'd like to see him change it and go 4-3-3. Will he? It's difficult to say. If, Besic, if there's no issue with Besic... And he's fifth, and maybe I'd like you know he'll come back into it and he'll play with Bessic, Barry, and McCarthy, and we'll we'll have a go like that. And if he he's done it before, to be fair, yeah. So I'd like to see that happen. And if he doesn't change it, Gav, if he goes with the same way we've been yeah. playing all season, does he get a result at okay. Crystal Palace? If the players put in a performance, there's absolutely no reason at all why why we shouldn't get a result. You know, formations don't win your games, do you? Players playing to their potential win your games. So if the players. Display the form like they have done. Some of them but you know, yeah. you know, like have mm. done like mentioned Southampton, even Chelsea at home. You know, then absolutely no reason at all. If you display the form in the last couple of games, it's like a different story. What well, you've just said comes back to the nub, the nub of what I hinted at in, in when we were first talking. You said formations don't win your games necessarily. I think I'm not trying to claim that you don't think that's ever the case. Yeah. But generally, players fulfil the potential, do. Yeah. And that's what I was saying initially. As much as I find the criticism of Martinez fair at the moment, I do concern that the players are, are, by virtue of that, getting away with a bit because they're not playing for the potential. And the formation gets blamed rather than the players. No, I, 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 there's a flip side of that. This, this. Is he getting the best out of them players? Obviously he's not, and that's down to the manager. There's a flip side of it because the players have took criticism this season. All season we've been pointing the finger at Barkley, at Tim Howard... Funes Mori at John Stones I could go right throughout the team and now it's come to the manager and now you can't basically say that oh no the players are going to take responsibility but I'm afraid the players have took responsibility all season and they've had stick so now it's time for the manager to get his criticism the manager's had criticism hasn't he as well during the season you know not just just the players it's sort of at different times both both the managers and players but the, the managers had a bit more the players had a little bit more but you know at the end of the day we need to start getting some results, don't we? Because what are we? 30, 39 points? 39 points. 39 points. 39 points. 39 points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The number of league games is running out, isn't it? I said before the Chelsea game that we had like 13 games left in the Cup and League to, to really show yeah. we can build on something for next season. And that's sort of like those number of games now is like. I think, hard. We, I think we could only end up with 60 points, and that's that's a winning all seven games left. Yeah. What, what, nine I can see them with so one, 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 one of the most. What worries me is most of the teams are playing. Give or take a couple, I've got more, more in theory to play for than we have. A great man said to me, Palace only probably needs another point in the safe. Yeah, yeah, pro- yeah. So they may well settle for a draw tomorrow. Is a draw good enough for Everton? Sorry, on Wednesday. Is a draw good enough for Everton? No chance. It's just going to add more pressure on, isn't it? It's better than getting beat, I suppose, but you know, it doesn't give you any momentum. Southampton are pushing for Europe. Southampton have got a, a nick of Europe. All right, they've got to come to Goodison, but. Everton's own form isn't the best, Southampton. Liverpool Liverpool pushing for Europe, aren't they, after that win yesterday? We've got Sunderland's away at Leicester. Leicester away. Sunderland's Sunderland on the penultimate game of the season. Have you got Bournemouth at home? Yeah. Bournemouth's away record is quite handy. I think it's better than Everton's. The win side of it. I think they've won more away games than Everton. Have they? Yeah. I think everyone goes on about Everton's away records and how great it is, but they've only won five. Yeah, it's a number of teams. Out of 16. Yeah, so that's not even one. But, but that that to me is that, that is, 
as I said before the Chelsea game, we had probably 13 games left, 14 games left in the season to show that we had something to build on for next year. And the disappointing thing for me is that that's not really happening. But we've still got seven games, perhaps some eight games to to show we have. And that's really what the manager's got to do, hasn't he? To, to, to show that he can retain you know retain the job is what he's over there make games mm. is to is to do that, you know, because there's obviously people being